And the English teacher said, you cannot sum it up in one sentence. You don't have anything. And most of the time, that, that took us the longest to come up with one sentence. All right? Okay. That's a good lesson for a lot of teachers. If you can, I don't know about preachers, but you know, Dr. Peoples, Dr. Peoples used to do this. One of the most intimidating things, but it made sense now looking back on it. He used to look over while you were in the pulpit, while you were preparing to preach, he would ask you, what's your topic? What's your thesis? You know, you're ready to give me 15 seconds. You don't want 15 seconds. What's the one thing, that one sentence that summed it up? I've seen him do it, not just as an associate, I saw him do that to, to seasoned preachers. He looked over and said, what's your topic? <laughs> and he was doing that for a number of reasons. But one one reason he was doing that is he was trying to get you to understand you've got to be able to sum that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good lesson for all of us. You're teaching, you can't get in one little sentence. Go back. Back. Alright, so if we're looking at the thesis of what Paul, um, it's on the introduction, 16 and 17, he kind of unfolds what he's getting ready to, to, to wrestle with in the rest of the book. 16 is, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And I think the King James throws it along in there, right? The King James, for the just shall live by faith. That right there is going to be, that's going to take us to really where we were at last week. Alright? Now, what Paul does, he does the introduction. He does the thesis. Now he's getting ready, he's getting ready to explain to us or convince us that we have a problem. See, many of us don't understand that we have a problem. It's the same thing when you talk about the, 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 the doctor's office. Uh, many times, uh, until you understand that you've got some issues, there's nothing, there's nothing a doctor can do, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with us as, as, as believers, or not believers. See, the world is walking around, and many of us in the church are walking as if we do not have a problem. Mm-hmm. We don't understand that we have a serious problem. Nothing, there's nothing that your name on this, or your mom's name on this, is going to be for Alright? So that's what we that's what we tackled in that second week is the problem of what? What's our number one problem? Just the problem sin. <clears throat> and so what he did with this, you go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. He went in with me. Okay. So what he does in this is he creates a courtroom scene. Alright? And that's what we read last week. And we were kind of breaking down the courtroom and it was kind of getting real heavy. So let me make sure. That. Let me give you the big view, and then we'll kind of deal with some of the details. I want to give you the big overview um, so, so you have that. He sets a courtroom scene to make sure everybody understands that they have a sin problem. And for many of us, that sounds simple, but the world goes, like I said, as if there is no sin problem. And many of us in the church go as if, we, as if there's, no, there's no sin problem. And so what Paul does is he takes sections of humankind. And before it's all said and done, he includes everybody. He first deals with the pagan, right? The one who does not uh, know God at all. Right? And we're all, most of us, a hallelujah. You're right. They all need to go to hell. <laughs> and then he gives us, right? The second part, he deals with the, the pious and the uppity Gentiles, right? right? Who have the law. That's us. <laughs> Preferably, it's not us too long. But that's us right there that, that feel like, you know, we'll point to them and say, well, you know, God, they're way worse than I am. Right? So you've got the, the pagans have sinned and fall short. The pious Gentiles have sinned and fall short. And then he deals with the Jews. And the Jews are in the same boat. They got the law. Look, you gave the law to us. Again, we, we reiterated talking about the Jews were set apart. They were God's chosen people. You have to understand that. If you refute that or don't understand that, this is going to be a difficult book. Scripture period is going to be difficult for you to read. They were set apart. Alright? 
So he deals with them as well, though, because you've got a set. And when he talk, when I talk about, or Paul talks about Jews, and he talks about, that's not everybody. We're talking about really human, because, uh, I mean, you've got families of believers. We understand that, right? Even in the midst of Noah, when, when everybody was doing uh, everything they, they thought was good under the sun, you still had that one family that was saved, all right? God always leaves himself in the witness. All right, so don't think, well, they're talking about everybody. Somebody, no, there were some folks. We're going to talk about Abraham. There were some folks that, 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 that knew the Lord and had the faith that, that Paul was talking about. But overall, we're talking about human, humankind. Okay, so it's not going to be every Jew. We're talking about this. It's not going to be every Gentile. But, but, but Paul uses the general sense to really show the trajectory, if you will, of humans as they spiral down. And as we continue to spiral down. It, look, we've not gotten better. We talk about that. You know, evolution wants us to believe that we get better. We go up. No, 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 no. There's a, there's a de-evolution when you talk about mankind. We're actually more wretched than what we, what we were. So it makes sense. So we've got we've got the, the pagans, all have sinned and fall short. We've got the pious Gentiles, all have sinned and fall short. That's all love. We've got the Jews who thought they were so sadistic because they, they had the law. No, you sinned and fall short. And he talks about the entire world is sinned and fall short. That's the overview of we too. And so all Paul does is pretty much bring each of those groups up to the courtroom stand and say, You've seen it. Probably should have did that last week. <laughs> so that's the whole section of week two. Your question? Well, just a comment. Mm-hmm. I read through 18 to 32, and I've never lived in this, so it's probably just a long time ago. Yes, ma'am. This is a picture of America today. Um, I mean, you know, it's like you've abandoned the natural function of the woman's body or the man's body. Uh, they feel the wickedness, greed, evil, envy. Well, we do. Yeah, that's a little bit of a Only got worse. We're supposed to be civilized. So we had more of an opportunity to, to be really conscious. That's something I didn't think would be deeply discussed. Well, no, absolutely. I think what you see again, I think everything Paul talks about, we can see it. That's exactly what you're saying. Um, and we and we talked about a little bit. We talked about the depraved mind. There was a lot of information. Yes. I have, and this, that's a new study for me. Um, I did not realize in the Greek culture that it was that accepted. Um, um, but there's a lot of theories as to what, what happened to Rome. Uh, they, they, they kind of went too far out. Like, you know, you extend too far out. But um, yes, there was definitely um, a sexual and really, and he, he talks about it. I've said it for years. Um, I guess I got it from there. I don't know. You can look at where the women are at in the society to kind of see where they're at in that society. Go back to the household. Go find Big Mom. You can kind of see, that doesn't mean that things are perfect, but you can kind of see where Big Mom is at. If Big Mom and I don't call me, I'm not asking anybody to do what you want to do on Friday night Saturday. But if Big Mama's in the club, I can almost guarantee that how things happen is going to be Same thing on the society scale. You can see where the women are at. The women are off. I can almost guarantee you the men are way off. 
And that's what he, that's what he says right here. He talks about not just the men have gone to the sexual effect, the women have been saved. But no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we get, again, the theme is the righteousness um, of God. And we talk about the righteousness is that perfect, perfect point, right? It's in perfect standard. Keep that in mind. You can, you can go ahead and, and go ahead. We talk about, again, the Gentile world. Um, and then when you, when you look at that, we talk about the devolution of humanity. Uh, we, we kind of walk through the steps to show uh, that the, uh, the the Gentile world, and really talking about the Gentile world, is in a general sense. Okay, um, we talk about the intelligence, how that's gone downhill. They just kind of walk through. Um, what they do? Refuse the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Twenty-one and twenty-two. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. So became futile in their thoughts and their futile, foolish hearts were darkened. Alright? This is key. Professing to be wise, they became fools. So that's what we see right now. It's hard to argue with folks that believe they're right. Hard to argue with them. It'd be dead wrong, but if they believe they're right, it's hard to, hard to swim. Right? And again, we're seeing, and we're going to talk about that, when, when eventually, well, we've already kind of gone over, when God turns them over to a reprobated mindset. I read a, a, Bible, a Bible study this week that said God cannot bless who we pretend to be. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic quote. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that reprobated mind. We talked about the, the, how the mind gets to a point where where it's not, it's known to the goodness of God. And so what he does, it's really a form of his wrath. What he does is he takes his hand off of you. That's I say it all the time. You can't handle with your body if you're in trouble. But eventually, if we're stuck in sin so long, you know, and we refuse to repent, he's going to take his hand off yes. and give us over to our lusts. And then you take the consequences of the lust. Mm -hmm. Right? Take the consequences of what we love. Right? That's what that that's what that turn over to a reprobated mind means. When you're totally numb to the goodness of God. And you can see that. You can see, now keep in mind, we don't know who who's gonna eventually be some water. Who's gonna eventually uh, give their heart to You have some, you have some. Um, church communities who, who don't believe in evangelism, right? They stay away from evangelism, period, because they believe that whoever whoever's called, they're called. They just leave it alone. But we don't know who that is. That's why we call to evangelize. We have no clue. Y'all got this is a picture of that of that thief, right? That made him on that cross. He didn't go to what no seminary he went to, no Bible study. Jesus said, today that would be with me in paradise. So we see the intelligence. We see the refusal of the truth. Um, they, and they get to the point where they literally turn the truth into a lie. Don't get me, don't get me started with where we're at today for our politics. But we get to the point where that we really try to convince folks that the lie is really the truth. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the Creator who was blessed forever? All right? Humankind so abandons the truth that it becomes like beasts in thinking and in living. All right? So we see the intelligence, literally the mind, go down. And then we talk about ignorance, 21 through 23. People did not want to honor God. They were willing to use God's gifts, but not willing to worship and praise God for his gifts. And ultimately, it resulted in an empty mind and a darkened heart. So instead of becoming the worshiper, he becomes the philosopher. And remember what I said last week. Man is made to worship. Man will always worship something. 
That's how Satan gets most of us. That's how Satan gets all of us. We are made to worship something. Alright? So 21 through 23 continues to show that ignorance. Um, you can even see it. We'll manufacture a false god, won't we? We'll make one up. <laughs> we exchange the glory of the true God for substitute God. That's an exchange. Look at that 21 through 23. They exchange the glory for shame and corruption for corruption and truth for lies. We'll literally hand that piece over and then take back that mess right there. When we talk about false gods, um, but in Genesis 3, we talked about that. How did Satan get them? Satan said, um, uh, Adam and Eve, in the, what did he say? Uh, Eve in the uh, garden. Yeah. I mean, we talked about indulgence, a short step from idolatry to immorality. If we are our own God, we set our own standard, and there's no fear of judgment. Right? The lies that man is his own God and should worship himself. We see the results. I'm kind of going through it fast, but we see the results of self-deification and self-indulgence when sin becomes rampant. That's 24 through 27. Look, look at that. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So again, the one thing I say all the time is we can't control sin. Think about your own addictions. We've tried to control that. We've all got it, right? We've all wrestled with it. But think about that we've tried to control it. One of the more difficult, and I'm not, one of the more difficult things is, 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 is watching folks that wrestle with pornography that'll come out. Come out quick. The more and more that you, you try to hide it, it'll, it'll come through. Same thing, fully think, ooh, any of that. That's that indulgence that he talks about. The lust is so much that they just could not, not control it. It literally became me. That's it, the Bible study right there. The leech, the Bible study. It's seeing. It literally caught and his name was Legion, Legion many, 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 right? Many demons. That's what he was known by. That sin had overcome. So again, all sinners, 24 through 27. God reveals his wrath. And this is John MacArthur, this is not mine, uh, a pastor in California. God reveals his wrath in two ways, according to John MacArthur. His wrath is the eternal wrath. We talk about hell. Eschatological wrath, and eschatological is a big term for the doctrine of final things. That's the final day of the Lord, of judgment. Um, cataclysmic wrath, that's the floods, right? Noah, Sodom, and Gomorrah. Consequential wrath, uh, that's the principle of sowing and reaping, right? If I, if I continue to have um, unprotected sex and sex outside of marriage, what's going to happen? Diseases. Uh, uh, children that were wrestling with all kinds of stuff, right? That's that reaping and sowing. That's God's wrath as a result of consequences of sin. And then the wrath of, of abandonment. That's what we're dealing with. We talk about coming over to a reprobate mind. That's where he literally takes us for strength. Right? Okay. So now impotence, alright? So again, we're talking about the downfall of man. This is going to be our willingness, our, 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 will, yeah, our, our desire not to repent. That's what that is. That's our unwillingness. That's what I'm trying to call That's our unwillingness to repent. That's 28 through 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do all, to do those things which are not fitting. Even as they did not like to retain God, so literally, it's not that we—it's not that we just get to the point where we, we, we turn God off. I mean, we literally throw God away. I mean, it's one thing not to not to mess with it. It's another thing to build a fence. So men not only committed these sins in open defiance, but they also encouraged others to do that. Talked about that last week. 
It's one thing for me to be in my mess. But what sin does is it makes me completely makes me fool other folks. Okay? 32, that's where that comes from. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. One thing we need to mess up is another thing we need to cheer other folks up during the right now. That's going to be the Gentile world or the, or the, or the uh, pious folks. All are sinners, the, Jew, the um, Jewish world. And that's going to be according to, uh, he breaks it up a little differently uh, than some, weird, weird as he does, but it's still the same concept. The, Jew, the Jewish world, uh, he goes from the first part of chapter 2 all the way up to um, the 8th verse of the 3rd chapter. But, but let me make sure that we understand the concept. The Jewish world was guilty. Alright? Uh, the Jews would have applied Paul's condemnation of the Gentile in Rome. We talked about that, right? We talked about how they referred to them as Gentile dogs. Alright? Paul is going to use his judgmental attitude to prove the guilt of the Jews themselves. Alright? That's the same thing with us. When we start judging folks, it's not, a, it's not too far from stretch when we really start judging ourselves. Okay? And that's, that's really what, what Paul does right here. The Jews, two, in 1 through 3, the Jews thought they were free from judgment because they were chosen people. Paul points up that God's election made for more responsibility and accountability. So there are the chosen people, right? But the, the righteousness, the perfect standard, they're, they're going to still be held accountable to that. See, a lot of them, and a lot of us today, we think that there is one set of rules over here for them, and another set of rules for us. We think because we've done all this work and done this and that, there's a, no, 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 no. The standard is what the standard is. Alright? You can't move that standard. If God moved that standard, the fact talks about that he has no partiality. Alright? The standard is what the standard is. Okay. When we talk about the law, when we talk about sin, let's, let's make sure we understand. When we talk about sin, God cannot, a perfect God, has to do something with sin. So it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, it doesn't matter if you're uh, uh, a bishop, in, in all of, of Lexington, sin is sin when he looks at that. A perfect God can't stand, he can't even be in the presence of sin. Alright? Let's make sure, that's really what Paul is all about. He's going, he's going, I mean, he's going a long way around because he's dealing with some heavy, some heavy thinkers and he's dealing with some some heavy issues because people for centuries have believed because they're of the seed of Abraham that they were going to make it in. But that's what he's dealing with. He's dealing with that he's trying to get them to understand and not meet that standard on their own. You try. That's what the law is, right? We'll talk about that. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. That's how we know we messed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, look. So, I mean, the Jews are right there. The most hard man is this. Hold around. God kept bringing them back and took them out. Because, but they never really thought, they said they thought because they were the chosen, they were going to be kept out of the And we have, we have the same thing yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, we have the same thing today. But we look out here and see folks and they should be in church. You know, they ain't gonna make it. <laughs> you gotta worry about all the sales making. <laughs> you better have that heart to go out there and try to make it. Once you understand, that's what Paul again, that's what Paul's trying to get everybody to understand before he even tackles salvation. He's trying to get you to understand how bad sin is. And once you start understanding how bad your sin is, 
You're not going to start looking out here and be like, well, that sin is worse than mine. No, my sin is to the point that I need to be worried about my sin, not necessarily their sin over there. No, you're absolutely right. And he'll talk about it. Even at the end of this, he'll talk about what is there to boast in. There's nothing to boast in. You're wretched. I'm wretched. We're all here by the grace of God. Yeah, that's why, that's why for us to come to church and have a bad attitude and be nasty is, is something wrong with that. It's, it's something wrong when we have a nasty we don't have to, we don't have time to have a nasty attitude. I, I, I'm working to become more Christ-like in the process of sanctification. I don't have time to, to be nasty with folks. But no, you're absolutely right. But look, there's nothing. I'll make sure I'm with you. And we'll tap this more. There's nothing wrong with the law. That's why we don't throw the Old Testament away. Right. Yeah, there are some, you know, folks say, well, why study the Old Testament? You know, why study the Old Testament? It's still God. It's the gospel concealed, but that's that pointed to Christ. Right. How is that pointed to Christ? So there's nothing wrong with the law. Grace had to come though because we couldn't. Amen. Okay. Okay. I think I think we kind of revisited some of this, so hopefully we have a better footing. Um, so all the sinners, Jewish world, um, we talked about how the Jews thought they were free from judgment, uh, and then we talked about that list in Romans 1, 29 to 32. We already kind of went back to that. But that's going to get, we're all in that list. All right, I know the first list, they talked about, you know, homosexuals, and everybody's like, yeah, get them. And they keep on dating, backbiting, and all that. And all. Yeah, it gets us off. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> Blessings, and again, we're talking about what? When he talks about right here, God's blessings, the Gentiles, this is everything that is a courtroom scene. So he's right now, he's got someone that's in the Jewish world up there. And he's saying, this is what makes you good. God blesses the fact that you were blessed. You had that great responsibility. And you still did uphold the standard. Right? God was patient with Israel and sent his son. Paul was not teaching salvation by character or good deeds. We have to understand that. The deeds of the redeemed are not the basis of salvation, but the evidence. Let's make sure that we understand. We're talking about judgment right now. Alright? And we're talking about the deeds done in this body. We're not talking about from a salvation standpoint. Okay? We're going to be judged though on these deeds. Well, we talked about it last week. We talked about the crowns. Or jewels in the, in the crowns, right? Some of us would just, you know, that robe and that crown would be it. The end, the end, but your deeds have not pointed to the point where you get those jewels. You're not going to have the thief on the cross have the same jewels that a Paul That's the, That's that judgment day that we're talking about. We're not talking about salvation. You can't work yourself into heaven. Right, so when he talks about deeds, and he talks about we're going to be judged for our deeds, that's the judgment day as it relates to that. That's not the salvation. <coughs> All right, let's make sure. You can't have me, you can't have me working to get into heaven. If you do that, look, a lot of folks they do what they want to, but they're going door to door to work their way into heaven. You got a lot of, a lot of, consider themselves some, some Christian denominations. They're trying to work themselves into heaven. There's some out there that think there's what, just a certain number. So they're getting in, so they're working their way into their certain number. There's something wrong with that. If you have to work your way into that, then what Christ did on the cross is not important. Alright? Nothing. I, I, I love my. They got some fantastic stuff that they need to do. We need to take a close look at what we're doing. Love my Muslim brother. 
system. Can't work for that. Love like Jehovah's Witness Sisters and brothers, you can't work your way into this. Right? If you do that, you take away from the cross. Right? So we're talking about judgment. We're talking about deeds. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about rewards. What it's saying, don't don't throw a check on the Your works and your deeds are going to speak to the evidence of your heart that's been changed. Don't have any works, but you can't sit right there and do nothing. You can't sit right there and do nothing. We're going to go ahead and say that my heart will change. Okay, I'm jumping. Let me go ahead and go down. God bless you. Yeah, true saving faith results in obedience and godly living. And when God measured the deeds of the Jews, he found them as wicked as the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. All right? In a sense, yes. Yeah, worse off? Yeah. I think that's what you said. They, they had the law. Still alive. We talked about it. Who did Jesus go after in the Old and the New Testament? He went after the Pharisees. Because they understood. They had the law. They had studied it. They were wretched, if not more, than prostitutes and the publicans. Now, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, six, through, six through 11. Make sure that we're, we're looking at the scriptures, the scriptures together. Who will render each one according to his deeds? Eternal life to those who, by patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immorality. Immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also the Greek. For glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also the Greek, for there is no partiality. That would have been, would have been just earth-shattering. The Jewish people, the pious, the good, you know, the Jewish folks that say there's no partiality. No partiality. He continues to, I don't know if we're going to get to the end of the house, but we're going to get to the But that's okay, because I, I wanted to make sure that we were where we needed to be at. Um, the God's law, so God's blessings um, convicts the Jewish world, and then God's law convicts the, the Jewish world. Romans 2.11 would shock the Jews. That's what we talked about. They felt they deserved special treatment. Paul points out the Jewish law only made the guilt of Israel much greater. The Gentiles were not given the law and so would not be judged by the law. Now, let's make sure, let's, let's kind of tackle that a little bit because that can be a little tricky. We talked about last week, we talked about the, the conscience. And we talked about how even those that have not heard the law, there's still an imprint of humanity. Look, God's image is, is on all of us. And when you talk about conscience, you can look at every culture. There is an idea of, of right and wrong. Now, as many cultures have decided to be wrong, but there's always a right and wrong. Because how do you know that? Because we put in place to try to atone for that. When you look at the pagans, what they've done, they, they sacrifice. They sacrificed uh, children and, and did stuff like that. So if you look at I don't care how bad the culture is, there's something in place to try to deal, uh, try to atone for mess-ups. Statues made, yeah, for mess-ups. They deal with mess-ups. They still mess, they mess it up more trying to go about it, trying to fix it in a, in a, in a way uh, that's ungodly. 
But even when you talk about, and, and this is one of the, I'm even wrestling with this as, as studying this stuff. What do you do with a culture that has never been exposed? What do you do with a culture in, in, in deep Africa, deep India, whatever, that's never been exposed to the gospel? How is God, God going to judge them? And you have to start looking at that God judges us based on what's been revealed to us. That's heavy. That's, that's heavy. We'll never be able to get to heaven and say that he let us down. We'll never be able to do that. So even in the midst of creation, you just, you just look at it. All you have to do is wake up in the morning. Wake up early in the morning. See there's a conscious, there's an imprint of good, of good and bad on every, on every, on every culture. Everybody, we know that. We know what's right and wrong. We know that you don't murder folks. Now we, we put some stuff in place to, to, you know, try to feel good about it. That's this conscience that we that, that Paul talks about. Even the Gentiles themselves, so even those that have not been exposed to the law, God is still going to judge based on what's been revealed to them. Right. Well, we'll come back to that because that, that's that's kind of that's that's kind of heavy. But um, um, we'll, we'll look at that. So the Jews bragged in the law and looked down the pagans who worship idols. Paul points out that the practice of the law, not the possession of it makes the difference. Alright? We're going to even talk about circumcision. And we're not going to get to all of it. But, um, so even when you talk about circumcision, let's see how it's out No, let's, let's, let's not. Let's just go to the Let's stay where we're at. We'll, we'll stay with circumcision right now. God judges according to truth and according to man's deeds and the secrets of men. God knows our heart, and the outward action of religion will not overshadow the inward corruption. See the teachings on the mountain that talks about sin committed in the heart. Right? And we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, a lot of us, we look at some of the studies I'm doing right now, they talk about Hitler. They talk about that. Everybody kind of uses that as the benchmark for, for a bad person. But let's be careful. Understand that, that what Hitler did was atrocious, so I'm not after that. But Matthew, and so Matthew talks about that I may not have killed anyone, but if I had in my heart anger against my brother, I'm just guilty. Think about that. You said I kept all the law. Who was that the judge that came to? Um, uh, the young ruler that came to Jesus said, I kept all, I kept all the laws. And Jesus let him have it. Remember, he said, I'm not going to argue with you. We'll just go back and sell everything. We do our part. Jesus already knew that he hadn't kept the law. None of us can keep the law. You messed up today. You already messed up here. In church, in Bible study. And me too. <laughs> the very law the Jews claim to obey only entitled. The pagan Gentiles had daily contact with the Jews and they were not fooled. We talked a little bit about that on Sunday, right? I think it was just past Sunday we talked about that witness. Um, but in 24, 2 and 24, no, let's start with 23. You who make your votes in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. And we talked about that. Let's look a little bit at that real quick. Uh, well, I said 20. You're an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of the beige, having a form of knowledge and truth and law. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? And so Paul just sit right there, just hammering, hammering, hammering. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to lead. You're supposed to do all this. Are you keeping this law? Are you keeping that? Paul set him up. You're on stage right now, you hammer. 
And some of us are still saying, yeah, I keep that. I, I'm just raising my hand for them. Like the, the good lawyer. I ain't been in court too much, brother. A good lawyer, I'm like law and order. Good show. A good lawyer will let you keep on answering questions. Especially when they know you messed it up. They'll just keep on. Before you know it, they just they circle back to the end of life. So watch law and order sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, what else, again, convicts the, Jew the Jewish world? God's law. Circumcision. We're talking about the mark of the covenant from Abraham. Again, the Jewish, they're looking at them and considering them, um, the Jews and Gentiles are considering them uncircumcised dogs. That's literally what they refer to Gentiles as dogs. They say uncircumcised dogs, right? And we talked a little bit. Um, let's tackle that. That'll be the last thing we tackle, and then, we're, then we can get back on the week three next week. Um, circumcision 25 through 29. For circumcision is indeed possible if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physical uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who, even with your written code of circumcision, are transgressions? transgressor of the law, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outwardly in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Okay. Alright. This is key right here. Again, Jewish audience shocked. Because circumcision is what set us apart. We all know what circumcision is physically, right? Everybody understands that. Alright? So, uh, who was the first? Well, not the first. But from the covenant with Christ, the first would be who? Abraham. Right? And that was a seal. That was a sign. We're going to talk about it next week. So we know that Abraham was, was what? Righteous. It was counted unto him for righteousness. Was that before the circumcision or after the circumcision? Alright? And so what Paul is saying, he's saying your circumcision, the thing that you thought set you apart for all these centuries, all these years, it literally is uncircumcision. He's saying the true children of Abraham are those that have a circumcision of the heart, not the physical circumcision. And he goes as far as to say that you're not even really a Jew in the sense of a spiritual. You may have the lineage, but you're not a, you're not a spiritual son of Abraham. Cutting all up. Cutting legs off. Here I am thinking because of my because of my last name, I'm this and that. Because of who I think I am. Paul is saying, uh, in fact, you're not even a son of Abraham. He's saying Abraham was righteous. And if you're going to be a, a righteous son, if you're going to be a, a Jew in that sense, then you have to have a circumcision of the heart. And then he goes, and, then, and really what he does, he paints the picture that the physical act of circumcision in and of itself means nothing. And so then you can take the next step and say, the person who is not being circumcised, the Gentile, right? We're going we're to wrestle later where they uh, try to make the Gentiles get circumcision and stuff. Paul is saying, you make your folks get circumcision, circumcised. And that ain't what does it. So Paul takes it a step further and says, you know what? The folks who have not been circumcised physically, but have been circumcised in their heart, meaning that they have the spirit that has, that has been turned to God, they become the circumcised Jewish nation, if you will, from a spiritual standpoint. So Paul was just wiping years and years of stuff that they believed. He's just wiping it, wiping it away. 
So that's that uncircumcision. It sounds, you know, you're uncircumcision, circumcision, huh? that's all that is. <clears throat> He's talking about the circumcised part. I said it last week, I'm not trying to be funny, but you, you can circumcise 15 times a month. You didn't change your heart, and all you are is just, just hurt. <laughs> I'm not trying to be honest. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily Yeah, but I think, and like I say, you may talk, you may talk to someone else, and they may have a different topic. They may call it the scripture. I don't know personally. I don't know where I do not know. First century, you know, Christians did a lot of stuff to try to uh, deal, you know, deal with uh, spies and stuff like that. So maybe that's what. Yes. Okay. What does it mean when you say that? Well, you have to know the story behind that. What they were doing is they were using the Lord's Supper um, to, to boast. That was the Corinthian church, right? Corinthians had a lot of problems. And, and one of the things uh, that they were doing is you had some folks that were coming, they didn't have nothing to eat. And you had some folks that would get drunk and, and bring all kind of food and not sharing. And he said, if you want to mess up like that, don't break that mess in here. You keep that out of here, and then, you know, we're dealing with, and then, so they, they basically took the fellowship. That, that fellowship, that was a meal, that was a fellowship meal. And so they took it and messed up with that. Yeah, and he said, just, just, don't even, don't even break that mess in here. I ain't gonna give you the avenue to mess up, blow us up. Yeah, I had I had close passages that said it's a supper, mm -hmm. not a and again I understand I understand the concept. Um, you know, we could we could literally talk about all that stuff. This is what I would say to it. I don't think it's a salvation issue. I do think. I think the old folk had it right. <laughs> I think they understood that it was a separate service, and they tried to yeah, they tried to hold the reference of it. So I think they I think they absolutely had it right. Um, in the same time, you know, in the, in the same vein, you know, we do it now, um, many times after service because people don't come back. You have some churches where it's um, it's literally a, a health issue. It's dangerous neighborhoods and stuff. And so you've had a lot of reasons for, for why they've changed and, and why many churches have changed. But I will say, I, I think the older people had, the older generation had it right. Well, I don't know. They changed. Yeah. 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 Ye
Now the seven wooden sites. Yeah. He's making fun of the altar that is in his place to dig deep yeah. in the world. So we just we just ask for God to continue to nurture him, Father God. Continue to bless all of you. Father God, we leave this place without your presence, Father God. The grace and the mercy to continue to go Bless all the families that are looking for you. In the sense that we ask all these things. Amen. Amen.